So today, um, God's Promises Prevail, part two. How long is too long? How long is too long to stand in faith or to believe God for something that he has spoken to us? I want to encourage you, whatever God has spoken, whether by his word or by his spirit, he means it. He means business. So if he has spoken it to you, never, there's never a time to throw in the towel. There's never a time to throw in the towel. Um, <clears throat> we talked about last week on how the Israelites got the word that they would receive freedom and a promised land over 400 years earlier. And you know what they did? They stood in faith and believed God was faithful to fulfill his promise. If they can believe God for 400 years and we got to see, we get to read about it, that it came to pass, then don't think that when God speaks something and it's been a month, two months, a year, two years, that that's too long, that maybe you missed it. Maybe you should throw in the towel. You know what's really cool about God? I believe that he doesn't just do this for me, that when he says something, he confirms it, he reiterates it, he says it over and over and over again through all different sources so that we get it. I hear you, God. And I encourage you that when he speaks to you, you should respond and say, I hear you, God. I receive that, God. So he knows that you're listening, so that he knows that you're hearing what it is he is saying don't throw in the towel to whatever God has spoken into or over your life. Believe. Add faith to it. We talked about last week, and we're going to kind of go over a couple things, but action is believing. Faith without works is dead, the Bible says. So, so we can't just Say, yeah, 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 not, and, and we believe you, God, but then not put action to it. So in, in every, circum or every situation or every word that God gives, it might be something different. But the thing is, is faith is action. Believing is action. Speaking the word or speaking or reiterating what God has said, that is putting action to what you have received, to, to the word or promise that you have received from the Lord. So we need to not just say, nod and say, yeah, Lord, you know, I hear you. But we need to put action to it. We need to believe and set our hand to something that he can bless. Amen? Amen. I want to say this, that you can trust God. How many of you know that you can trust God? How many of you believe that God doesn't lie or, or that he didn't just, doesn't just make things up? You know, he, he's not an off-the-cuff kind of guy like my husband. He doesn't just let things roll off his tongue and like, well, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. No, he, he like means what he says and says what he means. And if he says something and he lets something come out of his mouth, the word of God says that he watches over that word to perform it in your life. Isn't that good news? And I'm sure you're sitting there. And the thing is, is the Bible says, write the vision and make it plain so that all who read it may run with it. Maybe God has spoken words over your life, whether by the spirit, like in a service or in a prayer time, or by the word of God, it just kind of jumped out and you knew that was for you out of the word of God. Write it down. 
and keep it before your eyes. And not only that, remind God that he spoke that to you. Keep it fresh. Don't let it become a word that he gave 400 years ago. Keep it a now word. Today, he has spoken this word. Do you understand? Because there's no time or distance in the spirit. So it's as if he spoke it today. That might be too big for some people. But the thing is, is when he speaks something, he means it and he's going to fulfill it. But our job is to take it, receive it, believe it, and act on it. Our actions might be speaking it, reminding him that he said it. Our actions might be setting our hand to something that he tells us to do. Whatever it might be, God will watch over his word to perform it, but we need to be co-workers with God in, in that we're going to be believe. I'm going to show you that from the words today, but one we, thing we need to understand is we can trust God. So when he speaks something, instead of throwing in the towel, the word of God tells us in Hebrews 10, 23, hold fast, hold on to your profession of faith without wavering, for he is faithful to whom he's promised. Brother Hagin once said when he receives a word or, or a vision or a dream, that's a word or that's a promise that you can hang on to. And he said, sometimes God gives you, gives people a big revelation or a big word or something like that, or repeats a big word, um, because it's not going to look like it's possible. It's actually going to feel the opposite of possible. If you think about Abraham and Sarah, you can put up that picture. If you have it, I know it's not like in the notes right this second, but if you can put up that picture, it'd be awesome. Um, this is pretty awesome. I, I stumbled on this, and I was like, wow. Really, God? Our minds don't go there. When we think of Abraham and Sarah, we don't think of these 90 and 100-year-old people having a newborn baby. It's craziness. But with God, all things are possible. And if he spoke it, he will make it good. It's none of their concern how it's going to work out if her womb's dead. If he wants to just plop the baby in there without a womb or if he wants to just have a baby show up alongside of them. Either way, one way or another, they're going to be parents and the father of many nations. It's not our job to figure out how God's going to fulfill his promise. It's our job to do the believing that he will fulfill his promise. It's our job to believe that he's not a liar and he's faithful to watch over his word and perform it in our lives. Amen. So our job is to not throw in the towel when he releases a word by the word, by the spirit of God. Our job is to hold fast to your profession of faith and don't waver with it. Don't believe it one day and the other day don't believe it. Believe it one day and the other day don't believe it. Our job is to stand firm in our profession of faith, believing that whatever he spoke is coming to pass, that he is faithful to whom he's promised. He's faithful, always faithful to fulfill his words. And some of us need to meditate on that passage alone. God is faithful. God's faithful. And his promise is always yes and amen. So what's God spoken to you? Maybe you've given up on it. Maybe because it never came to pass yet. Maybe because of circumstances that have gone by and happened. 
and um, made it look like it's totally impossible. Abraham and Sarah, they received a supernatural word via a visitation from the Lord. I mean, visitors came to visit him. The Lord himself and a couple angels come and visit him, and they say, you're going to be the father of many nations. But he's faced with circumstances right off the bat that he's too old, his wife is too old, her womb's as good as dead. He's like, my body's as good as dead. But the word of God, I'm going to read it in a moment. It says, against all hope, he had hope. Against all natural circumstances and the fact that he had no hope in the natural, he had hope in God. He knew God was able. And that's what we need to be. We need to believe no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, God is able. Amen. So what has God spoken to you? Has it been two years, 25 years, 400 years? He's still able. They had to hold on to this word for over 25 years. They were already old enough, too old to have a baby when the word was given. And then it still took 25 years. Can we believe God? Do we, or do we throw in the towel when it doesn't happen quicker or when we think it should? We need to have our hearts settled on this. Numbers 23.19 says, God is not human, so he does not change his mind. He does not speak and then not act. You know, some people don't keep their word. Some people are slow. Some people are late. Some people are, they, you know, they cancel on you and their plans. But that's not God. He's not human. He doesn't change his mind. He does, when he speaks, he doesn't fail to act. He always keeps his promise. It says, does he promise and not fulfill? No, that's not the God we serve. Amen? Aren't you thankful? Now, humanly speaking, sometimes, like Abraham and Sarah, things don't happen as fast as we would like. <laughs> it would have been better sooner, you know. They, I was already stretching it a little bit, being 90 and however many years old they were. But to wait another 25 years, come on. <laughs> it just baffles my mind. But they did. They kept believing. It's absolutely amazing. Sometimes things don't happen as fast as we would like, but we can be sure and have trust that God is able and God is faithful to all that he has spoken. I talked about last week on how God spoke to me, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14, and how specific he was to, you know, um, some words he said, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans to prosper you and not to harm you. They're plans to give you a future and a hope. And I was going through a hard time. We were living in North Carolina. I wanted to move back home. My, my dad was going through some stuff, and, and we were going through some stuff, and I just wanted to move home. And uh, that was the cry of my heart, and, and, and actually I cried out to the Lord. I didn't, wasn't asking for anything specific. But I was just crying out to the Lord, Lord, you said call on you in your day of trouble and you would give me rest. Well, I was depending on his word to be true and him to fulfill that promise for him to give me rest. And he showed up in my kitchen 
and he put his hands on my knees and he said, give it all to me and let me take care of the rest. So I did. And then uh, the next day he gave me this passage, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14, and, and I read it. I was like, well, Lord, I know that verse. <laughs> He's like, read on. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, we all kind of know, but reading on, he says, in those days when you pray, I will listen. Well, he listened to me in the kitchen that day. He says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, I will be found by you. Well, that's what happened in the kitchen. I searched for him and called on him with my whole heart. He says, I will end your captivity. I will restore your fortunes. And I will gather you from the place that I sent you and bring you home again. And I was like, oh. Remember the cry of my heart was to come home. And the Lord said, I'm going to bring you home again. And not only that, I'm going to end what you've been going through. Now, did it all happen immediately? No, and, and I'm not going to go into the entire story. Those of you who were here last week or those of you, who, of you who were not here last week, you can go and watch last week's service and on Facebook or on YouTube or online on our Passion Church page and <clears throat> hear the whole story. But God is faithful. Amen. And, he, and, and some, of, some of what was spoken didn't come to pass right away, and some of it did. But some of what was spoken, I had to take that word and, and contrary to circumstance, keep believing that word. And, keep, and I, what I did was I believed it, I confessed it, I meditated on it, and I kept reminding God what he said. I kid you not, on a day-to-day -day basis. Was that because I thought God forgot? Absolutely not. That was just putting, the word of God says, put him in remembrance of that which he has spoken. You're letting God know, I still believe you, God. I still believe you're faithful. I still believe you're going to do this. And we have watched God do all of it. End your captivity. Restore your fortunes. Return you home again. One thing at a time. We have seen God do it all. Amen? So, what did the Israelites do? You can put the picture up of Joshua. What did the Israelites do? I just think about this too. What did the Israelites do that, that made... Um, do you guys still have that? Okay. All right. So I'm not sure how many. Does somebody know, Nick, how many people approximately he was leading into the promised land? A million? Okay. So... Six million, some people say. Well, even if it was 500, <laughs> but, you know, because that's what it looks like. But we watched, um, I think it's Exodus, is it? Exodus? And it was the story of Moses, more so, and they, they had a little bit of Joshua in there. But I think, you know, Joshua was just this guy who believed that Moses was hearing from God, and he kind of just became his right-hand man. And he believed God so much in what he was saying to, to Moses that God ends up seeing his belief, his faithfulness in his word through Moses, that he ends up choosing him to keep on leading the people to, so that God could watch over his word and fulfill it. Amen? And so even though it's 400 years later, Joshua gets to lead them into the promised land. Now, did anything stand in the way of the promised land, of the promise of God? Anybody? 
This is children's church stuff. What, what stood in the way of them in the promised land? Come on. What? Okay, there was a big wall, first of all. Okay, the wall of Jericho. So what? And there was men, huge men. <laughs> okay, um, but God said this is their land. And God said that no one would be able to defeat them. Well, that makes no sense. They're not armed. You know, they're a bunch of men, women, and children, and goats or whatever. And they're not equipped for this, but yet God said. So who are they going to believe? The report of the Lord or the report of circumstance? And we're all going to have this opportunity, and I'm sure you have had this opportunity. When God promises something, there's always going to be some kind of wall, some kind of hindrance, some kind of attack of the enemy that's going to try to stand in the way to get you to believe that circumstance over the promise. Our job is to keep believing what God said. Whose report are you going to believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Joshua kept believing, and he led those people around the wall of Jericho in faith, setting his hand to cooperating with God in faith. Now, did it make any sense to walk around a wall and shout on the seventh time, and then the walls are going to fall, and they're going to conquer this land, and it's going to be ours? That makes no sense at all. That's just the way God works. His ways are bigger than our ways. His thoughts are way bigger than our thoughts. You just can't comprehend his ways of doing things. But what we need to do is know that he knows what's going to work out and what's not going to work out. And just follow the leader. He knows the beginning to the end, so he knows what's going to work out. So if he tells you to walk around a wall, then walk around a wall. If he tells you you're going to be the father of many nations and you know that all your life you've been trying to have a baby and now you're 90, you're as good as dead. That's what the Bible says. And he says you're going to have a baby, then believe his word. And there's some action that had to happen at 90 years old. They had to set their hand to something. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Sorry if you're 90. Okay. <laughs> All right, back to the word. <laughs> okay. So how did the Israelites keep the promise alive? Generation after generation, they taught and spoke about God's promise. And God's all over that. Generation after generation, they believed that God was faithful and would fulfill his promise. It didn't matter if 100 years went by, they continued to tell their children and their children's children that God's faithful and he's going to give us this promised land. Even though they're out there working as slaves, the most contradictory uh, um, circumstance there could be from freedom, they were in it, yet they're teaching their children about God and his promise. That's faith. That's faith. And I love how merciful God is that they're in the middle of the desert and a whole generation of people kind of lose track, lose sight, and get into worry and fear of circumstance, and, and, and they, God didn't like that. 
it did not please him. So that whole generation doesn't get to receive the promise. So we have something to do with it. Does it mean God's not going to fulfill it? No, he'll still fulfill it. But the thing is, is we got to work together with God. And so he lets them roam the desert for 40 years and lets a whole generation pass by and then allows the next generation to walk into the promise. God was still faithful. So how did they keep it alive? They continued to teach it. They continued to confess it. They continued to believe it. And believing is action. Believing is keeping it alive. And so when God speaks something to you, the first thing you can do is believe it. Receive it into your heart. Write that vision down and make it plain. Remind God every day of what he said. Tell him he's faithful. Tell him you believe he fulfills his promises, that he watches over his word and performs it. That's faith. That's faith. Listen to this. Psalms 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the one, and this reminds me of Joshua in, in the situation where he sends the spies over into the promised land to spy it out, and there's a negative report and there's a positive report, depending on who's looking at it. And so it says, blessed is the one who does not walk in the step or the ways of the wicked or stand in the ways of sinners or take or sit in the company of mockers. Or you could say, and this is my own take, or doesn't listen to the negative report but casts it down. But those who delight in the law of the Lord or the word of the Lord or the promise of the Lord and meditates on this law or this promise day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of living water, which yields fruit in due season, and whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prospers, this person can expect to receive the promise of God. So how do we receive the promise? You meditate on it day and night. You remind God day and night. You believe, regardless of circumstance, regardless of report, negative report, circumstances, regardless of the wall that stands between you and that promise, you believe day and night, and it says, you will prosper. You will be the one to receive the promises of God. So just because something's not done in the timing that you thought, just because God has not yet manifested the fulfillment of the promises that he has given you, doesn't mean that God is not faithful and it doesn't mean he's not still planning on it. But we need to join forces with God. We need to remind him that he is faithful. Amen? And we need to not throw in the towel. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not get tired of doing what is good. What's good? Believing. Having faith that God is able and he will deliver us. <laughs> And he will bring freedom or he will restore our fortunes or he will return us home again. This is the word that God had given me. God is faithful. It says, let's not grow tired in doing what is good. For at just the right time, you will reap a harvest of blessing or you will reap that promise. Here's the thing. If you don't give up. The people, the Israelites, you might say God didn't fulfill his promise. No, no, no. They gave up. They started worshiping another God. One they created with their own hands, mind you. Many people 
get distracted by the things they can touch, circumstances that they can see with their physical eyes. They get distracted with the physical, but God's a spiritual God. We need to keep our eyes on things above, not on the things of this earth, is what the word says. We need to keep our eyes and ears on the things that God has spoken, not on what the enemy or circumstance says. He says, we'll reap, we'll receive the promise if we don't give up. Joshua was able to take them to that next level. Joshua was able to take them into the promised land. He kept believing God even with a big old wall in the middle of him and the promise. And God did, we know. The walls came tumbling down. Why? Because he still believed in face of the circumstance. That's our job. God's promises are always going to prevail, but we need to keep believing in the face of circumstance. We need to keep reminding God of what he said in the face of what it looks like or what it feels like. We need to keep hoping even though there is no hope, just like Abraham did. You receive if you don't give up because of the natural. Faith is an action. Really, the ball's in our court. What are you going to do with what God has said? Are you going to believe it? Or are you going to believe it momentarily and then get tired of believing and throw in the towel? Hebrews 11, 11 says it, so it was by faith that Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren. So not only did she have that going against her, Though she was barren, she was also too old. And it says, yet she believed God would keep his promise. You know, I was thinking about this, and I'm like, yeah, we always kind of like make fun of Sarah a little bit because she laughed. The visitors were like, why is your wife laughing? We just told you you're going to have a child, and you're going to be, this is a serious matter. But like, Naturally speaking, that is kind of funny. And she thought that was kind of funny. She was kind of imagining that picture. (laughs) She's like, this is going to be great. But it didn't say that she didn't believe. It just says that she laughed. She was thinking, naturally speaking, this is hilarious. But it says in the word, she believed even though she was both barren and too old. It says she still believed God would and could keep his promise. Don't you think with God all things are possible? I mean, come on. He's got the power. He holds us in the palm of his hand, the universe in the palm of his hand. He created the heavens and the earth. He parted the Red Sea. He caused water to come out of a rock. You know, I mean, he just, he's all powerful. He can and he will. He is able to fulfill his promises. What's our job in this then? He just wants us to have faith. Believe him. Believe him no matter what it looks like. So Sarah, and regarding your promises that God's given you, or anything in the word really that you want that is speaking to you that you want to grab hold of, you have a job to do to partner with God and his promises. 
Sarah had a part to play, and so do we. She laughed in the natural, and maybe in the natural things look like, oh, that's not going to happen. But God spoke it to me, and he keeps speaking it to me. Well, God speaks and thinks beyond the natural. His ways are far above our ways. Why? Because he's just not natural. He's supernatural. Amen. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. I don't think your way, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So even if it looks ridiculous like Sarah, <laughs> or like a promise that was given 400 years ago, or Mary who was told she's going to have a child and she's never even been with a man, this is, this is stuff that is impossible promises that God has kept in his word. So do you think that the impossible promises that he's given you are impossible? Absolutely not, if you'll believe. All things are possible, but there's an if you believe. Our action of our faith, remember faith without works is dead, our action is believe. In the face of circumstance, believe. It feels like it's not happening, believe. The money's not there, keep believing. Whatever God has spoken to you, just believe. And God is faithful to watch over his word and perform it. Amen? I like this. Romans 4, 18 through 21. This is where Abraham believes. In hope, he believed against hope. <laughs> this is my take. He was in hope even though there was no hope. For what he was believing for um, concerning what God said. So, so naturally speaking, there's no hope is what it's saying. But with God, there is hope. So this is what he chose to believe. He believed that he would become the father of many nations as he had been told. Okay. So shall your offspring be. It says he did not weaken in faith when he considered. So, so naturally it's okay. I mean, he didn't meditate on it, but he understood naturally my body's as good as dead. He understood in the natural circumstances this is impossible. Because it says right here, when he considered the bear, um, <clears throat> he did not weaken in faith, so he believed, when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, because he was a about 100 years old, and when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, it says, no belief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith and gave glory to God because he was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. So yeah, he understood there's some natural things standing in the way. There's a wall of Jericho standing in the way. There's feelings in my body standing in the way. Man, I'm tired. How in the world am I going to chase a toddler? He's 100 years old. <laughs> you know, you, don't, you, you get yourself to the point of believing, okay, but then you go beyond the fact that this baby's going to one day walk. 
and run the fields and go under the goat's legs and whatever. Get in the manure. <laughs> Climb the mountain. <laughs> well, God is able to renew our youth. There's just nothing that can stand in the way of God. If he wants something done, he's going to do it. But what he needs from us is our action of faith, which is what? Believe in the face of circumstance. What does believing look like? It looks like meditating on his word, reminding him of his word, confessing his word, and not doubting. Just because something in the natural says that's not possible. Jeremiah 1.12, the Lord speaking to Jeremiah concerning some things about the future. And the Lord says, the Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am always watching over my word to fulfill it. That's reassuring to me. When God releases a word, when he speaks a word, when he speaks a promise, he watches over it to make sure it prevails in your life. When he sees us partnering with him, he's like, yes. This promise is going to prevail in their life. In their season. Not the next person's season. Don't waver. Don't falter at circumstances. Just keep believing because circumstances don't hinder God. We do. But circumstances don't. We need to keep believing. Amen. So on the one hand, and I don't want to be contradictory here, on the one hand, God is able and he will perform. Amen. He will fulfill the promises that he's spoken. He always watches over it and he performs it. But on the other hand, we have a job to do so that his promise can be fulfilled in our lives. It's not our job to fulfill his promise. Abraham tried to do that too. Caused a lot of trouble, even today. Abraham tried to fulfill God's promise and failed sorely. But it's not our job to fulfill the promises of God, but it is our job to do if he specifically tells us to do something. To not do it would be doubt and unbelief, and that's not believing, right? And so it's our job, um, not our job to fulfill God's promise and make, uh, you know, fulfilled promise, but it's our job to believe in the face of circumstance that God is able and he will perform whatever he speaks. So keep believing him without wavering. Meditate on the word. Set your hand to anything that he says to do, and he says he will cause it to prosper. In Deuteronomy 28, 12, the word of God says, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give you rain to your, hand, to your land in its season, and he will bless the work of your hand. Yes, when God releases a word, it's that easy. He can pour it out on your lap and give it to you in your season. But 
we also need to set our hand to something. If that's just believing in a face of circumstance, or if that's speaking con and casting down thoughts that are contrary to it, or if that's, um, you know, he's telling you, you're going to be, you know, a doctor. You're going to be a doctor. You, I've anointed you to be a doctor. I've given you the ability to be a doctor. Well, then you got something to do. You can't just sit there and do nothing and think it's going to plop in your lap. You could just believe that God spoke it and then start setting your hand to going to the school to do it. Yeah. Knowing that even though in the face of circumstance it seems kind of hard when you're going through the school, but God said, I can do this. Even though you're struggling, I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I believe you, Lord. I take you at your promise. Do you understand? So just because God spoke it and released a promise to you doesn't mean it's always going to be easy because, hey, there was a wall in the middle of Joshua and the promised land. There was a desert or there was a, 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 a sea from Moses to the promised land. There was a barren womb between Sarah and her promise. There was age between Abraham and his promise. There was the fact that she had never been with a man between Mary and her promise. I mean, you look at all these promises that God gives, and they're always impossible to man. That's how God does it. Because then it, it could have only been God. He gets the glory. So do you see how God does it? So we're learning from all these people in the Word of God that no matter what, just keep believing. Don't throw in the towel. He's not through. Hallelujah. I could do three. <laughs> Listen, Proverbs 19.21 says, You can make many plans, but it's the Lord's plans. Or you could say it's the Lord's promises that will prevail. How about taking his promise and asking him, Lord, show me what I need to set my hand to so that you can prosper it so that your plans can prevail. If he says, ah, oh, just rest, just rest, just believe, then do that. But if he says, set your hand to this or that, then set your hand to this or that. And this is concerning anything. But he says his plans, his promise will prevail. Nothing can stand, and we need to get this solidified in us. Nothing, no wall, no, no barrenness, no age, no um, nothing can stand in the way of what God speaks and releases. He's pretty confident in himself and his word. He's pretty confident, and he says, I watch over my word, and I will perform it. And what he wants from us is us to be just as confident in him as he is in himself. He is able. And whatever promise that God has given you, they shall come to pass. Nothing can hinder it. No plan of the enemy can hinder it. No plan of the enemy. No attack of the enemy. No delay of the enemy. No evil spirit and, and, and torment of the enemy. No, nothing can stand in the way of God fulfilling his promise. No attack. Nothing. If you'll keep believing God over whatever the enemy is trying to do.
have faith in God. He wants us to have confidence in him and take him at his word. Be settled in him and his word. And I I was just thinking about promises and and just kind of studying on promises and just looking. I mean, it just just keeps going and going through the word. (laughs) A lot of them, most all of them were impossible. Elizabeth is another one who was too old. And, and I like that God had to shut the mouth of Zechariah. That teaches us, shut your mouth. If it's not good, don't say anything at all. <laughs> if it's contrary to what God has said, zip it. Because you're, you're working in the enemy's territory here. And I've actually prayed this before. Lord, if I'm in the way, zip my mouth. Or, you know, somehow supernaturally catch me before I release something that's going to be contrary to what you want fulfilled in my life. Sometimes you're believing God. My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. You're really believing God for a breakthrough, but then when another bill comes in the mail, you're like, oh, I don't know how this is going to work. I'm not sure if I'm going to make it this month. It's going to go into... Zip it. God says he supplies all your needs according to his riches and glory. Don't you think he has more than enough to supply for that bill? So you see how, why God would zip Zachariah's mouth. He, he visits him, tells him his plan, which God's plan, he's always watching over it and to prevail it in somebody's life. He needed John the Baptist to be born at a certain time to prophesy Jesus coming. And these are the people he chose for him to be born through. They were righteous people. Maybe a little older in age. Maybe impossible at this point. She also, barren, hadn't had children. And God comes to this man of God. He was a priest. And he tells him, you're going to have a child. He's going to be a prophet, all this stuff. And then he, he starts speaking words of doubt, unbelief. Not receiving the word God spoke. And he started looking at the natural immediately and said, how is this happening? You know, And God's like, you're not going to talk till the baby's born. <laughs> oh, he believed real quick. He got on the right train. This happened with Samson's mother. This happened with Hannah. All of them believed God, took him at his word in the face of contrary circumstances, as well as the Israelites, as well as Joshua. The Bible says, and this is what, what Mary said, um, or Elizabeth, I'm not sure. Luke 1.45, it says, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promise. If you'll believe that the Lord will fulfill his promise, you'll be blessed. What does that mean? You'll receive his promise. So what about if you don't believe? The opposite is true. But blessed are you who will believe 
that the Lord will fulfill his promise. So what is our job? His promises always prevail. He always watches over his word to perform it. He's not a man that he would lie. He's not a human that he has changed his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? No. So blessed is he who believes that the Lord will fulfill his promise. That person will inherit, will receive, will see the promise of God. In Luke 1, 36 through 80, you can write down, because I'm not reading that. But this is the story, and it says, Now indeed, your relative, he's talking to Mary, the angel, um, Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And she is now in her sixth month. For um, she was called barren, but she believed, for with God, nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord let it be done according to your word. In other words, I believe your promise and I receive it. Let it be done. I don't know how. And she did ask a few questions. How can this be? I've never even been with a man. She wasn't in doubt. She was just curious. Now, God sees our heart. And Zechariah apparently was questioning the same stuff, but he was in doubt. There's a difference. Now, with um, Abraham and Sarah, Sarah was laughing. But maybe God must have saw her heart that she still believed, but naturally looked at it and said, this is going to look funny. But she believed. The word of God says she believed. So in the face of impossibilities, we need to keep our eyes on the promise. Paul, he said, I press forward to the mark, to the goal of the high calling of Christ Jesus. What was he doing? He was keeping his eyes fixed on a promise, on a goal, and he didn't let anything move him off of the promise. And he certainly had enough to distract him from the promise. Shipwrecked, mobbed, left for dead, thrown in prison. These are just some examples of what could come against you in between you and the promise. But does it mean it's not going to be fulfilled? No. Keep running the race. Keep your eyes on the promise. Keep reminding God and keep believing. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Praise God. So God has spoken a promise and he will and he is able to fulfill it. We just need to be obedient to believe his promise. Romans 8.28 says, And we know God causes everything to work together for the good to those who love God and who are called according to his promise. Well, what is loving God? 1 John 5.3 says, Loving God means keeping his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. So take him at his word and be obedient to whatever he tells you to set your hand to. If that's just believing, then just keep believing. If that's setting your hand to something, do it in obedience and in love towards the Lord. There are so many promises in the word of God. Just one little example, James 4, 8, draw close to God is very easy, and he will draw close to you. We kind of learned a little bit about that in the, in the time of worship this morning. God's refilling us, and he said, you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to stay in the darkness. You're going to stay uh, where you're at with the Lord and your walk with him unless you get refilled. Well, there's something you have to do about that. you got to come to him. Like the, the tongues of interpretation said, 
Come to me, all of you who are weak and weary, and I will give you rest. If you need rest, you're going to have to do something that takes his word and believes it. You're going to have to put action to your faith, and you have to go to him. Well, this is regarding any promise in the word of God. Anything he's speaking to you, you need to believe it enough to put action to it and to keep believing regardless of circumstance. So do you believe that God keeps his word? Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite Amber up here to share a testimony from last week. Luke 6.38, we talked about this. It says, this is a promise, give and it shall be given unto you. So we all desire the blessing of the Lord that God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory, but God gives us action to receive from the heavenly blessing, right? He says give, and then actually he also says to, to tithe, give, give, your, give your first 10%, give your tithe to me. Because you're honoring him with your first fruits. You're honoring him with the first of whatever's coming into your life. And he says, and see the response. We all want the response, but not all of us are willing to do the beginning part, right? The giving. And he says, and see, give of your tithe. He says, and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing upon you that you don't have room enough to contain. Hallelujah. So listen to this testimony. It's so awesome. From last week. So my brother came with me to church last week. So it's not my testimony, but it's his. Um, the last time he came to church, Jenny was youth pastor at Faith's Creation. So it's been a long time. And he texted me midweek and he said, I never feel like I should give. He's like, but for some reason last week when the offering bucket came around, he threw money in. And he said, I looked at my bank account and there was an extra $200 in my account. He said, I checked my payroll. He said, I checked my taxes. He said, I looked over every single avenue that this money could have gotten to me, and it didn't make sense as to how it was there. So the only way it makes sense is that he sowed and he reaped. He gave and God gave more than what he gave. So do you want me to pray? Yeah, so 